Bonjour, bonsoir, dear friends, and welcome on JCB Live. Happy hour. We got to go to one of our favorite states in the world, not just in the United States. We got to go to Louisiana today to Baton Rouge. Is there a better name as a French name than the Baton Rouge? We're going to be with one of the most exceptional, charismatic, funny, entertaining educational chef there is. His name is Jay Ducat. Very French. I cannot wait to convert with him all in French. He's a big TV personality. You're going to see that. He's been on TED Talks. Very exciting conversation. He's uh, been very big on the Food Network. And he's going to show us a few recipes. He has his own restaurant he's going to tell us about. And he's the best. He educates the younger generation as well. And really is electric, contagious, and very passionate. So, Jay, as we are together, we got to do it together. I'm passing you the baton of the cork. Let's it's do it. It's going slowly, slowly, slowly. Are you ready? Whoop! Hey! All right. It's so good to see you. We're going to have a toast that you can drink out, out of the bottle directly. Oh, hey, that's not a bad idea as well. Wow. All right. <laughs> I know you've done it a few times before. Yeah, baby. You. Well, I'll Not do you. that too. Jay, why Might don't we well. do a toast from the bottle and we drink directly from the bottle? I think it's a much better idea from the All bottle right. directly. There you go. Un, deux, trois. Santé to Baton Rouge. To Baton Rouge. Cheers, my friend. Mmm. Ah. God, delicious. Delicious bubbles hey, there. How do you feel having bubbles being fed to you directly from the bottle? Yeah, oh, it's nice. The, the effervescence really, uh, really comes through that way. <laughs> As you say. So what are the big latest news? We are in fabulous early March in amazing Louisiana, one of the states everybody loves the most. Give us a little bit of an update from Baton Rouge. Yeah, the, this, is, this is the season to be in Louisiana right now. Crawfish season is here, uh, and uh, we're, we're celebrating life uh, however we can. Uh, and this is, this is one of the best times of year to do so. The weather's great in March and April in Louisiana, and uh, the crawfish come out, and we, we have these big communal crawfish boils. We'll see how it goes this year. But even if it's just a small group in a backyard, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. This would actually pair really well with crawfish. Uh, exactly. Do you think that's, yeah, tell us about how would you pair this or how would you do the crawfish to pair with this wine? Are you still on the, on the bubbles there? Yeah. The, well, so the crawfish are going to have so much spice to them, right? Uh, we use a lot of cayenne. Uh, we use a, a, lot of, a lot of other spices, a lot of onion and garlic uh, and lemon juice. And I think all of that uh, with the, the kind of the sweetness uh, of, the, of the crawfish itself really uh, this, these bubbles would be nice. And then the, the, the way that the, an effervescent wine like this works with that spice uh, and with just kind of sitting there and using your hands uh, and, and eating the crawfish, it, 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 it's nice to have something to, to cleanse the palate a little bit too. I totally agree. Woo -la -la. So before we start with a few questions, we, we, we could see you in your marvelous kitchen. It's looking so good. Thank you, thank we you. We could see you on your beautiful spice and sauces. So those are your own yeah. creation. Is it correct? 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, this is my JD's product line up here, and uh, we have four different spice rubs. We're going to use uh, the hot chicken rub today, but we're actually going to use it on shrimp. We're making uh, uh, my own twist on a shrimp and grits, which is a classic southern dish uh, that, that I think is even, even better in Louisiana because we uh, have all the, the Gulf shrimp coming right out of the Gulf of Mexico that are fantastic. Uh, but this hot chicken rub is going gonna, is gonna to spice up our fried shrimp that we'll do uh, to go on top of the grits. And then I also have my Louisiana barbecue sauce and Louisiana molasses mustard here. And those, uh, those are my two sauces, and uh, they do great. I love outdoor cooking. I, I really learned how to cook throwing tailgate parties for LSU football games. And uh, that barbecuing and grilling and, and outdoor cooking is really my expertise. Well, this is so exciting. So everybody can order those sauces they wish today. Sure. What would be the best websites to order them from you? Yeah, so the best thing to do is to go to jdakote.com. It's J-A-Y-D-U-C-O-T-E. Uh, we here in, uh, in, in Cajun, French, Louisiana, uh, kind of changed the, the pronunciation of the name. We, the, the, it's a hard E on the end, Dakote. Uh, I'm sure I'm, I, I would imagine it would have been like a Ducote or something uh, in France. That's right. Uh, but I we, can't uh, exactly, Jay. So one of my best friends in, in high school was called Ducat. We, that's uh -huh. how we may want to say it too. So maybe I'm going to check if he has a, a cousin or brother in Louisiana because maybe you have some relationship in Burgundy too. There you go. That's a, that's a possibility. I need to get to Burgundy. Uh, as well, so we're gonna make that happen. Well, you'll be you'll be our guest anytime, and we cannot wait to welcome you in Napa, Sonoma, or of course France, because you you're pretty much halfway. It's quicker for you to go to Paris probably than to go to that's right. to Napa Valley. That's right. I can just so, head that way, uh, Jay, Of course. So, what are you gonna be um, cooking today? I know you have two big surprises, and as we discuss. You got to show us how to do them because I'm going to be the one ordering your sauce and I'm going to try that in my kitchen. It looks very exciting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to get started with, uh, with, with the grits for the shrimp and grits. Uh, we're going to do a quick pickle on some radishes uh, and then uh, we're going to fry the shrimp and then we're going to toss that in that hot chicken rub uh, with a little coconut oil as well. So the first thing that I'm going to do to get everything started uh, is get my liquid for the grits in the pot and then get the heat on. So uh, it's, I've got two cups of whole milk and then two cups of chicken stock that I'm going to get in here and start to let that get up to a boil, and then I can put my grits in. Well, I'm so glad you, you're walking us through the process as we look at it because this is something which is fairly achievable for someone like me who doesn't spend much time in the kitchen. It takes five, 10 minutes to do, right? Yeah, it's gonna take a little bit longer than that for the grits, but not a, not a whole lot. These, are, these aren't instant grits. If you use something that cooked a little bit faster, uh, it would go a little bit faster. These grits are, are probably gonna take more like 20, 30 minutes. Um, so I wanted to get those started so we can focus on the wines. So, outstanding. So, you know, Jay, we have, so much to cover. I want to start with the, the big question. Uh, how did you leave your day job to really pursue your passion? Because this is really impressive, uh, your track record, as we're going to spend more time discussing your, your phenomenal path. 
It takes a lot of guts to do what you've done. Walk us through the process. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I got a, my degrees from LSU uh, in economics and political science. I actually got a master's in political science and then uh, worked multiple jobs. Um, but I really kind of found my passion in the food world. Uh, and it started with, with blogging and writing about food and then radio and then all sorts of other TV opportunities came my way and, and, and the product line and, and, and hiring a team and, and growing things. But in the, in the very early days, it was, really, um, it, was, it was really the blog and then the radio show. And as that was getting bigger and bigger and I was getting busier with it and it was taking up more of my time uh, while I was working a, a nine to five job, I really kind of knew that I had to make a decision uh, on on the nine to five job or really pursuing my passion, and so I was uh, I was able in 2011 to uh, to get to a point where I had a little bit of revenue coming in. I had uh, six months of living expenses saved up, and I said, you know what? Now's the time. Worst case scenario is six months from now I have to go get another job, uh, but but I got to try this, and uh, and so I was able to quit my my day job at that time and just focus on the food and beverage world. And I, I really never looked back. It was the best decision I ever made. That's amazing though, but it takes a lot of risk to just do that specifically in 2011. Mm -hmm. It was certainly risky. Uh, there's no doubt about that. There was a lot of risk in it, um, but I just felt like it was the right thing for me to do. I was so busy doing the things that I loved and I really didn't have time for the job that I didn't love anymore. Um, that was paying my bills. I didn't know how I was going to do that on my own, uh, but I knew I had to try. And, and so I went for it. And fortunately, uh, it, it's all worked out pretty well. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned LSU. You're a great mentor to many programs there. You're very involved with the university. Do you want to tell us yeah. a little bit about what you're doing there? Yeah, I've definitely stayed involved uh, with LSU. They're, they're my two-time alma mater. I, I learned how to cook throwing tailgate parties for LSU football games. And, uh, and, and I've certainly always stayed in touch with them and been a, been a part of LSU. I, I've given uh, a TEDx LSU talk. I've actually uh, was invited to, to give a commencement speech for an LSU graduation. Uh, and for six years or so now, uh, I've sat on the Dean's Advisory Council for the College of Humanities and Social Sciences at LSU, um, just helping guide a lot of the decisions for that college and, and helping LSU and, uh, and, and the, the liberal arts programs there um, stay on track and, and grow and, and increase uh, student population and, and, and help uh, create scholarship opportunities for students and, and anything else that we can do. And inspire them as well because you're a great inspiration coming from there and having followed your passion. So, um, on that note, tell us all the things you're doing in the world of food. You, you did a major contest. I mentioned <laughs> it on the Food Network. You became a yeah. big star. Overnight. Yeah, so tell us about that fun experience. I've, I've gotten to do a, a few Food Network shows, fortunately. Um, the biggest was, uh, was a show called Food Network Star. I was on season 11 of that show. It was in 2015. Uh, it's where they, they took 12 people uh, out to Los Angeles, and, and it's, a, it's a reality competition show. Uh, it's the, the prize at the end is getting your own show on Food Network. Um, 
it was uh, it, it's super crazy competition. It's part cooking and then part on camera presentation and and could you host your own show sort of challenges. And um, and and so every episode somebody gets eliminated, and so it goes from twelve to eleven to ten, and so on. And uh, I was actually never up for elimination the entire show, and uh, and and was one of the three finalists. I got to shoot a pilot for my own show on Food Network, uh, and I ended up finishing runner up, uh, but then got invited to actually uh, film a, a true feature length, a full full TV episode pilot uh, for a show called Deep Fried America that wound up airing on the Travel Channel. Uh, and so um, I actually said, um, I, I got a 40 under 40 award back in 2011 from the Baton Rouge Business Report. And my quote in there, uh, if I could have any job in the world, what would it be? And at that time I said, uh, I want Anthony Bourdain's job or, or you know, my own show on the Travel Channel. Uh, and, and so I've actually had a pilot for my own show air on the Travel Channel. And so, you know, pretty close to accomplishing that one. Um, would would love to get and back over there. Yeah, and is it something you'd like to further pursue? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely something that I would I would really love to do. It's opportunities that I continue to look for. Uh, my so my grits and chicken stocks up to a boil here. Or the my milk and chicken stock. So I'm adding these grits in. I'm just going to add them kind of slowly, and then give them a little stir, and then let them keep and cooking over here. Uh, so and it's really, yeah, so I've, I've got it on a, a, a medium high heat and it's really uh, up, up to a boil. Uh, and then, uh, and then I reduced it down to a, a pretty hard simmer. So it's not a full boil right now, especially after I added the grits, but it's, uh, it certainly has, uh, has a few bubbles popping up. So I want to well, keep that going uh, at a little simmer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to add my uh, backyard brisket rub so this is this is one of my jd's products right here it's my backyard brisket rub this is what i use for smoking briskets in the backyard but it's really a blend of a uh, coarse kosher salt and a very uh, coarse ground black pepper at a, at a proper ratio so i actually use it for a little salt and pepper seasoning for all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. a little bit more can't have too much Hey, Jay, don't you think we should add a little bit of JCB21 into it? Oh, that's not a bad idea. What, okay. what about if we bring a little bit of a twist? You know, I know you, you love like to it. innovate. Just pour a tiny bit in there for us. <laughs> well, I need, you know, I need more for my glass as well. So. Look at that. <laughs> that's a great idea. It needed a little bit more liquid anyway. Absolutely. We got, we've got plenty of cheese and some cream cheese that we're going to add to it. Uh, in a second as well to, to really make it a really nice creamy grit. So, all right. And what's the what's the history of that recipe? Because it's it's really an icon from from where you're from, right? Yeah, yeah. Shrimp and grits is a is a big dish in uh, in Louisiana. Uh, certainly in New Orleans, uh, you can go to a lot of restaurants, and at, at brunch time, you find a version of shrimp and grits. Also, super popular uh, around the South and. Uh, and, and certainly also in like South Carolina and places like that, you can find shrimp and grits. A lot of times they'll argue over if that uh, New Orleans shrimp and grits or, or low country Carolinas shrimp and grits are better. And I, I always contend that the New Orleans versions are better. This one's kind of a, a mixture. Um, the, the grits are going to be really great, but you also have uh, the way that we're going to fry the shrimp and then use my Nashville hot chicken rub. 
that's kind of going to take it out of New Orleans and more just kind of to the south. Uh, but that's going to be fun. So I'm going to do a, a quick pickle on some radishes as well, and we're going to we're going to put a little bit more JCB in that too. I just put oh, some rice wine vinegar, and now we'll uh, we'll throw some bubbles in there as well. Well, yeah. we're very honored to be part of such great recipe. So, how do we explain the fact that uh, you know the South, where you're from, is producing so many great chefs? What's yeah. happening in your in your world to really give birth to so much inspiration? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I, I think the South as a whole just has a long history uh, with with foodways. Uh, with uh, we we all were doing farm to table before farm to table was cool. Um, I, I think, um, you know, so many, so much of the great food around the world really comes out, uh, of poverty. It comes out of, of the necessity to take something that other people, an ingredient that other people don't want and, and make it great, make, make it taste, uh, really good so you can eat it, but that's all you can really afford. And I think, uh, when you, when you look at cuisines around the world, a lot of times, uh, some of the best foods are really coming out of, uh, Uh, from, from places, people that don't have much, you know, it's, uh, and, and, and you just have to take the cheap ingredients and make it good. So, so I think the South has kind of always cooked that way. The South has always, um, just, just had to, had to take whatever ingredients they could find, whatever ingredients they could grow and, and find a way to make it taste good. Now, Very, very fascinating. Now, Jay, on that note, um, how did you actually really, from an economic major, political science and the traditional studies you've done, how did you become so quickly such a great chef? I mean, it, it's not something you just improvise, though. You need to know the basics and have a certain education. How did you formalize yours? Yeah, so I, I, I never went to culinary school, um, but... I, uh, I really did become a student of food uh, and, and of wine and beer and uh, whiskey as well. Uh, but, but when I realized that I, that I really had, uh, that I enjoyed writing about these things, um, I, I, that also came from really loving and wanting to, to learn about them. Um, the more that I wrote about food, the more that I really got passionate about understanding food and where ingredients came from and the history of certain dishes. And, and then the more that I researched that, almost like that's what I was studying in school, um, the more that I, that I just kind of got into it even more. And, uh, and so a lot, uh, a lot of my training really was, was doing online research and watching videos and, and watching TV cooking shows and, and just watching other people do these things and then trying to repeat it. And then getting enough confidence and enough skill to want to be able to do those things myself. And, uh, and, and I really very early on with some of the success that I had with blogging and radio and some early TV shows started to develop a following and people wanted to eat my food just because they'd seen a picture that I posted on Facebook or that I had tweeted out. And, uh, and so I started the, the private chef stuff kind of early and it's grown a lot since then. And I've gotten a lot better at this since then, um, but people were willing to give me a chance and, and give me an opportunity to, to cook for them, even though I really, at that time, looking back in 2010, 2011, didn't know what I was doing in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> and, and even still, you know, I, I, 
I love being a student of these things. When you find something that you're really passionate about, you never want to stop learning. And I'm sure you're like that with wine. Like there's, you want to know everything that you can, but you're never going to know everything. Um, but, but if you have that passion, you still, you take every opportunity to meet somebody or to talk to somebody, to watch some movie or some documentary or some video and, and learn something that you didn't know before about that industry. And uh, so that's what I do. I just kind of soak it all up and, and it, it just, and I enjoy everything about the food that's and beverage impressive. world. Well, thank you. Well, I'm with you. You know, often I typically say the more I taste, the less mm -hmm. I know, and the more I need to taste to, to further up. So I'm totally with you. Now, what is your recommendation for some of our friends who are with us today and who will watch this at their own time to, um, to want to come to the food world without any formal training? So you, you pretty much said it, but what would be kind of a methodology you would advise them to follow rather than going to the culinary schools that we know? Yeah, so it's, it's always going to take, uh, it's going to take time, it's going to take patience, um, but, but you have to have that attitude uh, of never stop learning. Uh, and every yeah. technique, every ingredient, every, uh, everybody out there that has a different way of doing things or a different way of thinking about things in the kitchen is, is going to be able to help you out along the way. So really, um, you know, the, your job as a student, and it doesn't have to be in culinary school or anything, but, but your job as a student is to soak up as much knowledge as you can. And that can come from so many different places and you can get inspiration from, from, I mean, every meal that I go eat, I get some inspiration from. And if it's not something that I want to do or a flavor combination that I want to try, or, or I think it would do a really good wine pairing or beer pairing, uh, you know, maybe maybe sometimes some meals I'm just saying I know what not to do now, uh, but you're still taking every opportunity you can to learn. And uh, and if you have a passion for it, you're going to find a way. Uh, and, and and then it's just don't be afraid to put yourself out there and uh, and and just make something happen. You know, it's uh, that that's really how I got started with all this was was writing a blog that. At the beginning, nobody had any business reading, uh, but then people started reading it, and I kept writing it, and and it turned into everything that I'm doing now. So, uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, I'm gonna have a toast on the next wine for you. Perfect. Wild Creek, which really symbolizes transformation, and because of the butterfly, of course, on the label, which is a great white blend, and we wanted to try this wine with you because. We believe one, it's going to go well with spicy food, so you'll tell us. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then transformation, because it's amazing from where you started. You've even opened your own restaurant. So tell us about Government Taco. Yeah, Government Taco is, uh, is my restaurant, Mid-City Baton Rouge. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun taco shop. It's a kind of a, a modern American taco shop. So we, uh, we celebrate the taco. Um, but we take flavor combinations from around Louisiana, from around the South, uh, and really even from around the world, uh, and we serve it in the form of a taco. And so some of it uh, gets a little bit more traditional, Mexican, Tex-Mex, Cali-Mex, uh, but then some of it uh, is completely different. Like we do, my favorite taco on the menu is called the Clucks and Balances. So it is government tacos, so it's a lot of governmental puns. Uh, so Clucks and Balances, it's uh, it's smoked chicken thigh that uses my spicy and sweet barbecue rub, which is this one here. 
Uh, and then uh, it's also got a pimento mac and cheese, a white barbecue sauce, which is really more Alabama style, and then uh, hot chicken skins, which are just crispy uh, bits of fried chicken skin that we actually toss in the hot chicken rub that I have. And so um, it's truly a southern taco. I mean, it's smoked chicken and mac and cheese and Nashville hot chicken skins and white barbecue sauce uh, all served on a taco. That would go I well love it. So your creation. So you play, you experiment, and, and you say, here it is. We'll have this on the menu. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, we, we do a lot of that. I've got a great team uh, that works at Government Taco as well. And, um, and so I've got multiple people that, um, that are experimenting, that are coming up with flavor combinations, that are, that are helping come up with, uh, with, with weekly or monthly taco specials. Uh, and then, of course, the menu that we have uh, has quite a few different things on it. And, uh, and, and we've got a pig ear dish on the menu right now. Um, it's, it's fun. We get to play. And uh, we're trying to do things that, uh, that you don't find at every restaurant around here and, and, and be something unique uh, to, to Baton Rouge. So it's, it's a good time. And uh, it, it keeps us busy and keeps us on our toes. And it's, it's so great because if you're an innovator as you are, you know, the kitchen is probably the best lab where you could play with all different types of senses and yeah. emotions and feelings and spice, right? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. Your imagination is your limit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the kitchen's a great place uh, to, to just get to play and be creative and, uh, and, and experiment. Like you said, it's, it, it makes it fun. All right, this, so this, what uh, do we have... Um, Give us a give us your own description of the wine because we want to make sure it goes very well with the dish you are you are preparing. I, I think it's going to I think it's going to pair very very well. Uh, so this is this is very nice. It's crisp. I get a little I get a little green apple, maybe a little pear, a little um, yep. honeydew perhaps. It's smooth. It's got a, got a little silkiness to it. Well, you're in nice. Baton Rouge. You're very smooth. We had to have a smooth one. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Waddle Creek. So this is coming out of California. Tell me about Waddle Creek. Yeah, so this is a great winery we have in the heart of Sonoma. And this is one mm. of our wine we love to serve with spicy food, on, on buffets, with tacos, with... Obviously, the food you're preparing as well because of, you know, the association of all the great varieties really combining and bring that good acidity balance that hopefully will highlight and help the wine, but as well the spice that you're cooking with. So now you, you tell us what you're doing over there. Uh, so I'm, I'm stirring our uh, grits right now. So this was the, the milk with the chicken stock and then... Uh, those yellow corn grits and, and a little salt and pepper. And um, they've been going for a, for a few minutes now. And so I just wanted to give them a stir and make sure nothing was crazy sticking to the bottom or, or anything like that. And um, let it keep simmering for a little while and, uh, and cooking down. Those grits really need to soak up all that liquid and, and rehydrate. So it's, it's corn uh, is, is what grits are. It's, it's all just kind of milled down corn just not milled down all the way to turn it into like a corn meal or a masa. Um, but you kind of have to cook them in a lot of liquid and bring them back to life and then 
then that's really just a conduit for uh, butter or cream or cheese after that, you know, and you just kind of uh, make it make it good and hearty. All my favorite things in one. <laughs> yes. So, as you love to drink wine, I think you have a very famous moment in your life where you were drinking wine with puppets. Do you want to <laughs> tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> oh, man, you, you guys did your homework there. Uh, yeah, um, so I've, I've uh, both as a, as a YouTube series, uh, video series, and then uh, as well on my radio show, uh, we've done segments uh, where uh, a local puppeteer and puppet maker named Clay Ashe joins me and we, uh, we drink uh, with puppets. The segment's called Free Booze Friday, and um, being in the, in the culinary and, and beverage um, industry on the media side with, with blogs and radio and social media and TV and stuff like that, uh, I, I, get a, I get a good bit of free alcohol just shipped to me in the mail. Um, PR companies or, or breweries or wineries uh, that send me For stuff sure. to try or, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got three bottles here from you uh, that we haven't opened yet that, uh, you know, I could drink with a puppet. Uh, and so free booze, free booze Friday really is, uh, is just a segment where, um, where, where we get Clay to come in and voice one of his puppets and, uh, and review the, the, the bottle of booze with me. So we've done that with wine quite a few times. And, uh, and really, the, the whole point is that we've, we've seen so many um, YouTube videos or online videos of, of people reviewing uh, bourbon or beer or wine. And if they're just sitting there, one person or two people talking to the camera and just, you know, giving it a smell, and, oh, it's, I taste uh, black currants and cherry, uh, it gets a little boring. You know, I mean, it, it can For be sure. good. It can be educational, but you can only watch so many of those. So we just said, how about we spruce it up a little bit and we have me be the guy that's trying to do an honest booze review, but then the puppet really gets to just go crazy in whatever direction they want, whatever that character is. Uh, and so I'm trying to kind of play the straight uh, guy and, and, and just actually, like I'm trying to do a legit booze review, but then the puppet's always throwing me off or, or taking the conversation <laughs> in a different direction or or something like that. And really all of them are, none of them are rehearsed. So we really just, we open up the bottle and we start going and it's me and the puppet having a conversation, but we don't really know where the conversation is going to go. Uh, and I think that makes it a little bit more organic and, and more interesting as well. So tell us where we could find those great uh, videos. Yeah. So, so some of them, uh, some of the rec more recent ones that we did on my radio show, uh, and we had to stop doing it when COVID uh, started. We might be able to, to try to get back to it sometime soon. I got to see uh, what Clay's availability is, our, our puppet master. Um, but but some of the original Free, Free Booze Friday episodes should be on my YouTube channel. I believe I moved some of them to there. Uh, or you might just be able to search uh, online for for Jay Dakota Free Booze Friday or something like that and, and find it. A, a website... Uh, out there in California called Geek Nation picked up the original series that we did. Uh, and so they might still be living on their website or their YouTube channel as well. Um, but the, the series was called Free Booze Friday. And uh, yeah, it's me drinking with puppets. Very cool. <laughs> so we saw you. Uh, I really want to get back to it. So if, uh, if you want to sponsor the segment, we could start filming some new ones. That, that's what we need. Ah, here we go. <laughs> 
So what did you do there? Did you put the shrimps into the... Um... So I, I just have my, uh, my fryer basket here uh, on top of a fryer. Um, and, uh, and now I have my, my lovely gulp shrimp right here. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take those and, and put them in a little wet wash. And then I'm actually using a saltine cracker batter today. So that ought to be fun. Yep. Um, so uh, Slappy Mama uh, is these guys right here, a little Slappy Mama hot sauce. This is a, a Cajun pepper, it's a, a Cajun pepper sauce. Uh, but Slappy Mama is uh, out of Bill Platt, Louisiana. And I work with those guys a lot. And, um, and, and I love their hot sauce. So I'm going to add some of that to... What makes, it, what makes that so, so good? Why, why do you like it so much? So uh, this particular hot sauce has, uh, has a really nice blend of, of cayenne and, uh, and, and some vinegar. Uh, and the, the flavors just really kind of pop. And it's got, I think it's really just got the right consistency. Some hot sauces you find are, are too thin. Some might be really thick uh, for, for other purposes. But I think this is just great all-around hot sauce. It's awesome on jambalayas and gumbos and things like that here in South Louisiana and uh, I just, I, I, I really enjoy it. There you go. Very cool. Well, we'll so, get some as well. That seems yeah. to be one of the components, huh? Yep, absolutely. So I just had a little milk and egg, uh, in here and, uh, and then I'll take that and, uh, add the shrimp to it. Let's see. I'll be able to do this. I'm so excited we see you live doing it. This is great. Yeah. So tell us as well, you do a ton of things for charity in Louisiana. There's been a lot of things happening in your neck of the woods. So maybe you want to tell us all the, the great things you're doing for children and, and uh, feeding people and, and all that, because I think it's very commanding and it should all be noted. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I certainly stay pretty busy and stay pretty active uh, in my community. And, uh, and there's always different stuff going on um, that I'm trying to, trying to, to help out where I can. Uh, a lot of that is definitely uh, for the, the kids. We've got a, a great uh, children's museum here that actually is going to come film at Government Taco uh, sometime pretty soon. Uh, and uh, we're going to create a little uh, educational module um, for the Children's Museum that people will be able to watch virtually as well um, uh, about all the different parts of, uh, of the kitchen, a, re a restaurant kitchen. Um, so I'll do a little tour on that. Uh, I'm also uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the keynote speaker very soon at, uh, at the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, and that, uh, that'll be a great way to give back to some middle school and high school students that are pitching their business ideas to a panel of investors. Um, so uh, more the economic side there, but I'm excited to be a part of that. Uh, and then there's just, you know, there's, there's always different things going on. Um, certainly in the food world and, and different ways that I'm involved with, with lots of different uh, charity cook-offs and things along those lines. And, and I know um, over the past year, it's been, it's just been difficult for everybody, especially fundraisers out there that are that are trying to keep organizations going and um, anywhere that I can help out, I, I really love to. I know uh, our, our local uh, fundraising group with uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital 
um, that uh, I'm, I'm on the National Culinary Council for St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and um, they, uh, they usually do a big fundraiser attached to the Kentucky Derby uh, around here. Uh, a day at the Derby is what they call it. And they last year they had to cancel it, and, and this year they're not going to be able to do anything in person. They're gonna so they're gonna do a, a virtual fundraiser, and uh, they've got me helping host a, a virtual bourbon tasting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get to cool. to do that, and it's uh you know it's all all for the kids. Well, congratulation. Now, where do you find all this fabulous inspiration? Uh, you know that. That comes, I don't know, naturally a lot of times. Uh, I, I surround myself with great people uh, that, are, that are doing cool stuff, uh, and, and that presents a, a lot of opportunities to me uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and then I, you know, I really think that, uh, that, that a lot of it is, is just keeping my eyes open and seeing what opportunities can come my way. It's Uh, it's crazy how you can get inspired, I would say. Um, it, it comes from so many places, and, and you have good days and you have bad days, and you have days that you want to go conquer the world and other days that, that it's hard to get out of bed. But, um, but generally speaking, I would say that, that a lot of the people around me inspire me to, uh, to keep pushing, to keep creating, uh, to keep wanting to, to grow everything that I'm doing. Um, my brain... I guess in just the way that I'm wired, I'm always trying to think of what's next. It's never necessarily even about all the things that I have going on right now. It's trying to figure out what's going to happen next and, and what I can do with that. Uh, and so that's, that's where a lot of that comes from is just trying to, trying to always have a vision for, for the future. But it's, it's not always easy, but still try. So on that note, what's next? I know you've done a ton of things, and we've yeah. lived, obviously, a very unique year for restaurant, but what's next for you? Well, uh, so, so one of the big question marks is, is uh, how are we going to grow Government Taco? Um, we've got the one location open in Baton Rouge right now, and um, we're, we're trying to, to really think about, can we do uh, multiple locations, or, or is there a different way? I would like to grow the, the restaurant component of what I'm doing. Um, and so there's a lot of thought being put into that. Um, same thing with my product line. Um, the, some of these rubs we really just launched commercially. Um, and so they're, they're brand new to the market. And so I've got to figure out uh, distribution strategies and, uh, and things with that. And then also look to the future for uh, what other products I would like to be launching to, to go with the rubs and the sauces that I have. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, my radio show and everything like that, that I do here in Baton Rouge, uh, we're always looking at how to grow that or what might be next there. So it's, there, there's a lot of what's next. And then, uh, and then I'm always looking for that next big opportunity, the next food network star or, or beat Bobby Flay or, or something like that, that, <laughs> that I can get myself into. Well, is that one of your dream to beat him up on the contest on the show? I already did. I already did. I beat him in uh, an episode that aired in the summer of 2019, beat Bobby Flay on Food Network. I, uh, I took him down doing a Louisiana crawfish boil. Are you dead? Well done. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, 
that was a big achievement for the, my career, for sure. Getting getting that victory over Bobby. <laughs> chefs are pretty competitive, aren't they? Uh, yeah, chefs are chefs are pretty much always competitive. There's no doubt about that. I uh, I try not to be overly competitive. Uh, maybe maybe more competitive with myself. Um, but then again, I competed in all sorts of televised cooking competition so i guess i am competitive in the end and where do you see the evolution of food in america at large that's a great question um you know there every year there's different conversations about uh you know what are going to be the hot food trends this year and uh and things along those lines um I, I still believe certainly in, uh, in things going um, as local as possible, uh, hyper-local movements, um, really uh, attention to that farm-to-table style uh, yeah. dining and, and, and people supporting their local farms and their local butchers and uh, kind of a return to, to the food ways that are, that are more efficient. Um, I think that's also really the big trend uh, in, in craft beer right now. And I, I do a lot with craft beer and a lot with local breweries. Um, so much of what I drink in the beer world is brewed right here in Baton Rouge or at least in South Louisiana and New Orleans or, or Lafayette, Louisiana or somewhere around there. Uh, and and I, I think that that trend um, has been going on for a little while now and I think it's going to continue. Um, and I think people are getting a little bit more adventurous as well. And, and um, I, I think the, the average person is, is a little bit more open to, um, to different international flavors now. You know, you, I, I feel like uh, the, the, the Vietnamese or the Thai restaurants or the Korean barbecue restaurants are, are, are places that, that, that people want to go and, and experience different flavors, uh, even if they can't travel to those places. That's right. They want to travel for the food. Huh? Right, right. Yeah, you can just travel through your taste buds. Yes. Well, talking about taste buds, as yeah. we have a few minutes here, I want to have a toast with the red wine as well. Perfect. And Let's do it. Which one will go best with your wonderful recipe there? I could see the grits. Yep. Is the grits are coming, coming together. Along. Yeah, the grits are getting close over here. Uh, and then uh, I, I just stirred in some cream cheese uh, into the grits to cream them up a little bit. You could add some heavy cream as well if you didn't want to do the cream cheese, um, just to just to give them a little creaminess. A, a little butter would work as well. And then I've also got a little aged white cheddar over here, uh, and so I'm going to mix that in too and and get that cheesiness all in oh. in the grits. Yeah. We are melting as much as the cheeses. This is pretty exciting. We that's want to it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be good. Let's see here. All right, I've got, I've got my red wine poured here. Waddle Creek yeah, it's wine, a California blend. Red. That's it. I so that's good the blend. whole idea is really to create kind of a fabulous 2019 osmosis. As you can see, all those great butterflies on the label. Mm. The idea is to bring seven to eight grape varieties together and create something as you are with the spice, bringing mm. all the elements of those great grapes together. That is delicious. 
Thank you. I, I, I really like that wine a lot. It's, um, it's very agreeable, right? It, it can go with so many things. It's, um, it, it, it just, it drinks like a, well, like a great red blend, I guess. Like, I feel like there's elements uh, of, of like a Pinot that would work really well with a, with a lighter dish, uh, with a chicken or a pork dish, uh, uh, or, or even some Louisiana seafood. But then I also, um, and I certainly don't know if these grapes are in there, but kind of get that, that full-bodied fruitiness that you would get out of a Merlot. Um, That's right. It's in there for sure. Nice. And we thought those two wines, or three, for that matter, with the bubbles, could go very well into government taco, too. Oh, now we're talking. Now Do we're you talking. serve so, wine over there? Yeah, so, so um, we actually have a little draft wine system that we use um, at Government Taco. So we've got most of what we sell is, is agave spirits, tequila, uh, margaritas, and, and, and then uh, sure. palomas. Uh, and then, and then we also sell a good bit of beer, but we do have four wines on tap. Do you do, uh, a lot of those kegged wines? Have you seen, uh, changes in trends? We, we, and... Yeah, go ahead. We do. And we love it because for Restro, it's such an exciting and sustainable way to serve wine. There's no spoilage. There's no cork issues. You know, the wine is always fresh and crisp. And I think in a concept like tacos and spicy food you can bring a carafe and and just enjoy the wine as as we do in europe in the old days yeah so by the way as we look at all of this what is the dream jay you have not yet accomplished oh man <laughs> that's a good one um Making all this turn into a lot of money, that would, that would be nice. Uh, that's a dream that I haven't accomplished yet. See, uh, it's getting there. Run, it's and, coming and, back now. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, it, it's, it's been really cool growing everything that I've been able to grow um, and, and create brands and a restaurant and a product line. Um, but, but really, it's all just going to take continued growth to get to that next level. And I, I think that's really the, the biggest dream that, that I haven't accomplished yet is uh, – you know, that, that ultimate business success and, and turning the passion and everything else into, um, in, into successful enterprises and not just something that I'm passionate about and it's fun and it's paying my bills, um, but, but really bringing it to that next level. That's great. Well, I think you're on your way. And I'm going to contribute to that today. I'm going to go online immediately and I'm going to order some of your sauces. So I'm very excited. Nice. And we'll have our hey, chef here in Napa that. Valley uh, test them. And I think what you should do is when you come on the West Coast, as an example, you should uh -huh. um, really bring some of those amazing recipes so we introduce more people to the Baton Rouge style. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so, so as we're finishing up my dish here, uh, this is uh, my hot chicken rub. So the what, what's in this bottle is in this little bowl here. I added that to some uh, some melted, some liquefied coconut oil. Ooh. So now I have a, like a, a, a hot chicken rub paste in this bowl. And then I'm going to add my fried shrimp to that and then toss that up. So these shrimp are really kind of going to get coated uh, in that hot chicken rub. 
All in the rest. That's it. <laughs> then a slice it. So, by the way, what makes those shrimps so special? I know we always talk about the Gulf of Mexico making them so unique. Could you describe to us why they are, to your opinion? Yeah, and here's a good shot of, uh, of those beautiful Gulf shrimp. Um, so so I, I really think that the, uh, the, the size and then the, the, the sweetness of the shrimp uh, really comes through here in Louisiana. We get, we get shrimp that are like just the right size to, to boil, to fry, uh, to put on your, your fried shrimp po' boy. Um, you know, it's not, it's, they're not the huge king prawns that you can see uh, other places, but they're also not like the little itty bitty uh, baby shrimp that you could maybe put on a salad and that's about it. Um, so, so I think that's a big part of it, but, but the, the freshness that you get when you eat these shrimp in Louisiana and the flavor that you get out of it and the, the, the just a beautiful shrimp texture, it's like uh, the bacon of the sea. Um, I, I love shrimp, really one of my favorite, yes. uh, fa favorite things out there to eat. All right, so grits. Look at that. Ooh. Creamy, cheesy, gooey grits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, these are, are going to be delightful. We too. are melting on the other side of the screen. It's too bad we, we're ahead, a thousand miles away here. If not, we would be diving into that dish immediately with the wine. Yeah, and then I've got some of my uh, hot shrimp here. I'm going to put those, and these are going to be extra spicy, but that's how I like it. We did that saltine cracker crust, which was a lot of fun. Do you think the wine will be able to, to balance the act of the spice in the mouth, or it's going to overtake the wine? What, what's yeah, I think, your view? No, I think so. I think so. I, actually, I think, I, I think with the spice, uh, it really could work uh, with this red wine. I'm going to try real quick. I'll try without it, but I'll read your mind. But the um, that white wine would work really well too. All right, and so I I did some uh, little pickled radish over here as well. Great. Looks very nice. We're getting there. We're getting there. Now, maybe as, you, as you're staging the plates, you know, we'd love to, to hear your big message to, I know you do a lot of TED Talks and university talks and very much mentoring kids and so yep. forth. What would be the message to all of us out there now watching from all around the world this amazing talent from Baton Rouge as an inspirational message in 2021 at the beginning, almost the beginning of spring. Almost the beginning of spring. We're there, and I love spring. Big inspirational message. Uh, don't be afraid to, to, to cha chase your dreams, uh, to challenge yourself, um, to, to really pursue whatever your passion may be. Um, it may not be wine. It may not be food. And uh, and drink, um, you know, but whatever it is, uh, find that passion, find that, that thing that really makes you happy and, 
and, and just go for it, you know, find a way to really dig into it and dive into it. And, um, and it doesn't have to be creating content like, like we're doing here. Um, and, and if you're not a writer, then a blog's not for you. And if you're not a, if you're not a TikToker, then th that's fine too, but find, find your avenue, uh, you know, find your community, find your tribe and, and find that thing that you're passionate about and, and, and celebrate it and, and, and have something in life that you can really, um, that you can really feel like you're, you're celebrating and that, and that it's there, not just as a, as a profession or just something that you have to do, but something that you really want to do. That's right. That, uh, that, that's, that's what makes every day, um, even more fun and, and more exciting. That's, uh, that's what I've been fortunate enough to be able to do. And that's what, that's what I would advise anybody else to do is, is, is find that thing and go for it. I commend you for that. And <clears throat> your success shows it. Do you want to show us that beautiful? Ooh, I do. Ooh, ooh. I do. So wow. here's our plate that we have. Um, I, I really feel like it could work uh, extremely well with either the red or the white wine, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, we've got those, uh, those cheesy, creamy grits on the bottom, our Nashville uh, hot shrimp uh, with, the, with the JD's hot chicken rub here that you can get at jdacody.com, uh, and, then, and then that pickled radish and uh, little microgreens on there. Wow. You want me to get it closer? I can walk around. Yeah, that would be great. And um, Jay, we really want to thank you so much for this amazing time. Inspirational talk. Of course, look at this yeah, baby. If you want to bring That's Louisiana better. to your home, wherever you are in the world, you have the recipe now. And Jay, um, we cannot wait to do some events together when you come west or east. And uh, Yeah, I would love that. We really want to thank you for all what you're doing, for the inspiration that you are. And uh, this great moment together. This was so fun to travel to your world. Well, it was a pleasure having you here in Baton Rouge and, uh, and, and getting to see you and drink wine with you. Uh, I love the wines. Glad we got to start with the champagne, uh, the Waddle Creek Red, a great way to, to end it. And, uh, yeah, thank you. I, I can't wait to get out to the West Coast, that's for sure. I, I love Napa, Sonoma. Uh, the Carneros area, just the beautiful, beautiful uh, part of the country, and um, uh, I hope you guys are doing okay. I know, uh, I know, with, with the wildfires that y'all had and the, the, the tourism industry being weird right now, um, that, that it's not the, the hadn't been the easiest time. But, uh, no, but as it's long good as to see you you're doing your, well, as long as you bring your fabulous shrimps and your amazing grits, we'll be fine. We'll make it. <laughs> there you go. Thank All right. you, Jay, and, All right, and uh, cheers, and good luck in this reopening phase and in all your endeavors, and to Government Tacos as well. Cheers.